that we want to see if you want to live in a more compassionate world which I think we should if we want to live in a world that's got more love that's got more service that's got less selfishness a world that is more equitable and more just all those things more peaceful those are our characteristics of God and the reason we live in a world that lacks it is because we live in a world that doesn't believe in Jesus that doesn't know the Lord and hasn't been transformed into his characteristics When you're sick, you want your doctor to treat the cause of your illness, not just the symptoms. You don't want a band-aid, but a cure. In today's edition of Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel says that the same thing is true when it comes to ushering in lasting social change. Creating a more peaceful, kind, and just world requires a transformation in the hearts of the people as they give their lives to God. Jesus is the prescription for the world's brokenness. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in 1 Chronicles chapter 16 as he begins his message, Get the Word Out. So for each one of us in our lives, we make decisions, conscious decisions, intentional decisions about what our life is going to be all about. What is going to be the all-encompassing passion of our lives. I mean, I think for each one of us, if you were to like do like a little bit of a retrospective on your own life, you'll find that at different times in your life, there are different things that end up taking, this is what I'm all about. Like, so I remember um, when I was a kid, um, loved baseball, loved baseball, you know? And in a lot of ways, my love of baseball happened uh, because my, my family loved baseball. And so, so at a young age, I was given a glove and we were out playing all the time. And, and I remember that as we were, as I was getting older, going through middle school and high school, and I was a pretty decent ball player. And, and so, so it was just all about the baseball. I remember my, you know, my uncle who was, uh, who played some minor league ball, he had this contraption where it was like, it was like a, almost like a, a rod with a weight hanging on it. And you used to have to roll the thing up because it got your forearms all like all, all huge. You see how well that worked for me actually, you know, but I used to sit there and, we, and we'd watch, I mean, this was back in the day when you watch a baseball game and you didn't think it was the longest thing ever, like back when three hours was like nothing, now you, you have to watch it on twice the speed to enjoy it, you know, and I used to sit there, I used to roll this thing up all the time, but then, uh, you know, over time, probably because I didn't grow that tall and I didn't have, like, it wasn't going to make it into the pros, so then music took on, and, and so sure enough, I was playing the bass, and that was what my life was about. My whole life was oriented around playing the bass, and with music, then came uh, all the, the partying of the music scene, and, and then that became more important to me than playing the bass, was having a good time at the party, being the life of the party. And then Jesus and, you know, invades my life. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, so, you know, now my life's going to be revolving around Jesus. But even as a follower of Jesus, I've seen over the last 20 years of walking with Jesus, how certain things begin to kind of vie for that area of central importance. Like I remember when, uh, when Lynn and I got married and, and we started having kids, it was like, well, how do I provide You know, and that became a part of my life that was very, very important. Like, how do I take care of this family? 
right? And the thing is, is that, you know, none of those things are inherently bad, except for the party, and that didn't go so hot, you know? But, but really what it is, is that you get to choose what your life is all about. That's a God-given gift that we've all been given. But God also still holds us accountable for those things. You know, and there's not a day that goes by when you uh, watch the news, when you see what's going on in the world today, that we don't see over and over again how people have a tendency to not really take their lives all that seriously, or they don't really seem to think too much about what is my life really about. And it's almost like these uh, huge things go on, these scandals go on, and there's people just kind of like, I don't know, right? Because I, I, I think what happens is we have a tendency just to live our life on autopilot, but choosing to live on autopilot is still an intentional way of choosing how to live your life. You realize that, right? Like if you, if you choose, like, I'm, I'm just going to let it ride, we're just going to see how it goes, that's still a very intentional choice for your life. Now, here's the thing. For, for the follower of Jesus, just by very nature of what I just said, a, a follower of Jesus... Really what you're saying is that above all other things that you choose, you choose Jesus first. When, the, when people in church or in the scriptures say, well, the Lord Jesus, that's just not like, you know, the Lord is his first name and Jesus is his middle name and Christ is his last name. You know, that, that's a title. That means he is the, the center of my life. He is my king. He is the most important person in my world. In our day and age, it's really easy to have Jesus as like an add-on to life. Like, really, I'm really about this. And, you know, I do Jesus. I got a little bit of a Jesus thing going on, right? But just by nature of him being the Lord, he, he, he doesn't fit in the add-on status place. He has to be the center. And so I want to talk with you today as we're doing this series about that we're calling presence, about the presence of God in our lives. That's God's promise to us, is if Jesus is the center, if Jesus is the all-encompassing reality of your life, if he is the focus, not just an add-on, not just a, like, a, you know, the side order to the meal that you bought, but if he is the main thing, what does life look like? So in order to get at that, I want you to open up your Bibles to First Chronicles chapter 16, verses 23 to 27. First Chronicles 16, verses 23 to 27. Now, we, we, this whole series is here in First Chronicles 16, and so I, I keep joking, some of you are saying, I didn't know there was a book called First uh, Chronicles in the Bible. Well, it's in there. You know what I mean? Oftentimes, if you're reading through the Bible, uh, your eyes either glaze over in this time, or you just skip it. But if you've been reading through the Bible with us here at Crossroads, we read through it together. We went through it together. So it sits between, of course, Second Kings and Second Chronicles. It's right there. And of course, if you have a smart device, we are not offended the fact that your device is smart. So you can, you can pull it out. Even if I told you not to pull it out, I know how it goes. Right? You pull it out anyway. You're like, well, what's going on in the world? And so you can open up, type in First Chronicles 16, verses 23 to 27. You'll see what we're getting at today. Now, I've been telling you that this long song that has been given to us as a celebration at the time when King David saw the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant come into Jerusalem. It's also found in other places. So the text that we're going to see today, you'll also find in Psalm 96 verses 1 to 6. 
So the verses we're going to see today are also verbatim in the beginning of Psalm 96. So you can write that down. And so I always say that when, when the spirit of God is redundant, when he repeats himself, it's because it's important for him that we hear these things, that we understand what this is all about. And, and so for me, what we're going to see today is it's beautiful and it's, it's almost simple stuff. But oftentimes the simplest things are the most important. The, the, the main thing is the plain thing. And the plain thing often is the main thing. And so today we're just going to get at some of the, the plain and the main things together. So he says this in verse uh, 23 of First Chronicles 16. It says, Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders... Among all peoples. So to give you a simple principle, if Jesus is the center of your life, you need to tell everyone the good news. You need to tell everyone the good news. Because in the end of the day, you talk about what you care about. It's really that simple, right? Whatever it is that you care about, whatever it is, is the topic of your mind's thoughts, your heart's concerns. Those are the things that you talk about. And if you are a follower of Jesus, then you should be telling everyone the good news. Why? Because the good news is the center of your life. Now, I think that this is really, really important and not just because I'm a pastor, right? Because so obviously it's like when I hear about, we got to tell everyone the good news. It's like, I'm like, oh yeah, but like notice what it says. Verse 23, sing to the Lord all the earth. So the idea is that, that you're singing to God, and then it says we should proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. So the proclamation of the good news. Now that's what the word gospel actually means. The word gospel, it, it, it literally means the telling of the good news, the proclaiming of the good news. That word gospel in the Greek language is the word euangelion, which we get our word evangelism from. So the idea of evangelism is simply telling people the good news. And notice you should do it from day to day. You should declare his glory among the nations. And so the idea now is, and we're going to talk about God's glory in a little bit, but the idea of the good news is also God's glory. That the light of who God is, we should declare that notice among the nations. So not just each and every day, but amongst all the peoples of the earth. And then, of course, declare, you know, his wonders among all peoples. So what you really find here is that this idea of telling everyone the good news, it's literally we're supposed to tell everyone the good news. And we do it always, day to day. Now, I realize that for many, many people, the idea that the Church, people who believe in Jesus want to tell other people about their faith is a little bit offensive, right? And I realize for some of you, you're like, well, that is super offensive. Now, I grew up in the kind of family where they said, you're not allowed to talk about religion or politics at the dinner table. Any of you else grow up in a family like that? Now, I know it's so funny. When you grow up in a family like that, what did they always talk about and fight about at the dinner table? Yeah, religion and politics is awesome. It was like, it was always the rule. You're not allowed to talk about this stuff. But then sure enough, you sat down and before you know it, people were throwing grenades into the middle of the table. You know what I mean? And and I grew up in the kind of family, especially when it came to politics, where we had people on on the extreme sides of, of, of the political spectrum. And I used to just sit back as like a teenager and be like, these people are nuts. 
And I remember one time that came out of my mouth and one of my uncles says, the apple doesn't fall too far. <laughs> you know? And I started laughing. I'm like, oh no. Right? But, but the thing is, is that in our day and age today, people don't want you to talk about what you believe about the things of God because they want to tell you what you ought to talk about. See, what I've always found is that anytime someone says, you're not allowed to do this, it's because they already have a plan for what you should talk about. And in case you haven't realized, our culture has very specific talking points. Our culture wants you to talk about very specific things. How do I know? Because they slam it down our throats every single moment of every single day. They are setting the stage. This is what you're, and by every angle, you get it on. Remember when social media was just social? Now it's, 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 uh, it's, they're curating news for you. Right? Do you remember when you, the only time you got the news was in the morning when the paper showed up? Or at five o'clock or six o'clock when the news was on? Right? At least then it's like you got it in the morning, you got what happened yesterday in the morning, and then you got what happened during the day. But it was, it was very specific. Now because of 24 hour news cycles, which I don't think is a bad thing, I think it's a good thing, they're telling you what you ought to talk about. And what's amazing is, is as a pastor, the number of times I see people trying to tell pastors, this is what you're supposed to talk about. This is what it's really about. I know it's amazing. They never say, you're supposed to talk about Jesus. Everyone's got like a hobby horse. This is my hobby horse. You need to talk about it. The number of times I get in trouble with people because they tell me what I'm supposed to talk about. And I'm like, actually, I'm here to tell people about Jesus. And we'll let the news tell them about everything else. But really, and we see it going on in the, in the family of God right now, because there are literally people who every time something goes on, they think that the church is supposed to be the curator of the news. This is going on, so we're going to talk about this. This thing is going on. I mean, just take the news of the week. People think that's what I'm supposed to be talking about here today. And guess what? I'm not, because it doesn't tell me that I should speak of what just happened in our culture Sunday to Sunday. It says that I should tell people the good news, that I should declare his glory. That should talk of God's wonders. And guess what? What went on in the news is not God's wonders. God's wonders is the fact that all the garbage that's going on in our culture can be redeemed if a person puts their faith and trust in Jesus. That's the wonder of God. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think Jesus is inviting us to bury our head in the sands, but Jesus knows the only way to fix the ills of our culture is for people to come to know Jesus. See, all the transformation that we want to see, if you want to live in a more compassionate world, which I think we should, if we want to live in a world that's got more love, that's got more service, that's got less selfishness, a world that is more equitable and more just, all those things, more peaceful, those are our characteristics of God. And the reason we live in a world that lacks it is because we live in a world that doesn't believe in Jesus, that doesn't know the Lord and hasn't been transformed into his characteristics. And so by getting mad about the lack of the characteristics actually cuts the knees out of the prescription, which is the telling of the good news. And one of the things I love so much about Crossroads is long before I got here, this church was a church that stood on the word of God. This was a church that taught the word of God, no matter what was going on in the world. Because we realize who God is is what's the most important thing and how we choose to respond to Jesus, that's how things get fixed. And if you look historically at so many of the ills that have befallen our society, so many things have been cured by people believing in Jesus. Like, you know, you think about slavery. Now, I realize that slavery, although it's been made illegal, it's not abolished. And we need to fix some of that. But look at the reason slavery was abolished. Look at it. Always, people who believe in Jesus reading the Bible at the forefront. Always. Now, don't get me wrong. People can twist scripture and do all sorts of evil things too. 
Let's just be honest about that. But for people who really take the scriptures and deal with it, it's got a huge transformational effect. Huge. So here's the question. Are you telling everyone the good news? How are you orienting your life to talk about the object of your heart's affection? Now, here's the thing that's amazing. And I realize that, like, you know, sometimes when a pastor talks about this, you're like, well, listen, you're doing that, Pastor Daniel. And so that's, I can do what you do. You're right. You're not supposed to do what I'm doing. You're supposed to do your thing. The people that you meet. When you're moving through life, people are like, hey, what's up? You know when someone says, what's up? That's like an open-ended question. You could talk about literally anything. Right? You could put anything you want in that space. And you have to ask, them, what do I choose to put in that space? Listen, if, if you got a hole-in-one golfing, I guarantee you're telling somebody that. If you became a vegan, you're definitely telling someone that. Right? If all of a sudden, like, you know, some, something happened in your life, you're going to... And I'm just knocking you vegans. If you stopped being a vegan and started eating meat, you're telling everyone that. I'll never forget. <laughs> I had a friend who was a vegan. The first time he ate bacon, he's like, man, what was I doing? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> he was so stoked. Everywhere he was, he's like, bacon? Is there bacon here? There's bacon everywhere, bro. I didn't know. I only knew the half of how glorious this is. But, but like the thing is, is, you put stuff in there. If it's your, if you, if you like sports, right? You put sports in there. If, if, if you don't like sports, someone's like, oh man, the Blazers is going to be the year. I hate basketballs. Like, like you choose how to put in the, what you put in the conversation. Here's what I want to encourage you. Tell people the good news. Because listen, it's not just good advice. It's good news. The good news is that, listen, you're imperfect, but there's a perfect God who loves you. And the perfect God's love is greater than all the dumb stuff that we do. The good news is the fact that, not that I get everything right, because that ain't ever going to happen, no matter how much I pray for it. The good news is that Jesus already got everything right. He already did those things that please his Father. And I am acceptable in him, not because of what I do, but because of what he does. I was talking to someone just recently. I met him. It's like, man, so you're a pastor. I mean, like, how do you deal with all the hypocrites in church? I love when people say that stuff to me. I'm like, the same way I deal with all the hypocrites in the world. He's like, well, how is that? I'm like, I realize that just because someone believes in Jesus doesn't mean they're going to get everything right. The only person who truly walked the talk was Jesus. Everyone else is a hypocrite. I'm like, but God's plan for hypocrites is not just condemnation. He sent his son on a rescue mission. I'm like, so when people believe in Jesus, but they're not walking it out, I realize that God's grace is greater than that mistake. And maybe in the journey of their life, they haven't gotten to that peace yet. Or maybe right now, they're not simply responding to what Jesus would have. I'm like, I'm not giving them a free pass. I just realize that God's grace is better than their mistakes. And I'm like, I'm here to tell you, I don't know. I'm like, if you don't know Jesus, I don't know how you deal with all the hypocrites that you walk around every day. How do you even deal with yourself? The guy was like, because I told him, just called him hypocrite, you know? How do you deal with yourself? Nobody walks their talk truly. Because you know what people do when they, when they can't walk their talk, they start to lower their standards. So that they can't. But you know what happens when you lower your standard? Guess what happens? You don't walk that talk either. Because there's a slow slide that goes down. But here's the thing. God wants to use all of us to share the good news. God wants you to tell everybody. Every day. In every context, you know? And you have to ask yourself, am I telling anyone the good news?
God wants to use you as his mouthpiece. I'm here to tell you, the only thing that fixes society is people walking in the light because of God's grace, because they've been forgiven. That's the only thing that fixes society. Society changes when people change. The only way people change is not by new laws. People change by the law of kindness and the spirit of God sealing their hearts in Christ. I mean, if you don't believe me, just read your Bible. Because the children of Israel had the most righteous laws ever created. And they failed miserably. So righteous laws doesn't change people. A new heart changes people. And that comes from the good news. And that's why Jesus said in the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, we call it the Great Commission. Jesus says, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. See, the telling of the good news, when somebody says yes to the good news, they become a disciple of Jesus. They become someone who follows Jesus. So we're told that because Jesus has all the authority that we should go and we should go make disciples by the telling of the good news. And when someone receives them, we baptize them and we teach them all the things that Jesus commands us. And he says, and guess what? As you go about making disciples, then I'm going to be always with you, no matter what. I'm always going to be with you as you go. It's easy to tell people within church about Jesus. But if you don't ever tell people within church about Jesus, it's even harder to tell people outside the church. Right? It's the same way. It's like you learn things at home or in a small group before you go take it public. Right? So you have to learn it within a safe environment. And so we want you to be able to share the good news with your brothers and sisters who already know the good news. And then as you do that, then you get comfortable. And then before you know, you're out and you're just talking to people. And it's not, I don't want you to be weird about it. Like Pastor Daniel told me to tell you the good news. So do you know Jesus? That's not good news. That's weird, you know? But your conversations about Jesus should be as casual and personal as anything else you talk about. So we should be telling everyone the good news. And when Jesus is the center of your life, you do that. Now, look what happens next. Verse 25 of First Chronicles 16, it says, For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is also to be feared above all gods. So I'd say it to you this way, that you need to praise and fear the Lord. You need to praise and fear the Lord. Now, I mean, it's beautiful here because really what he's saying is for the Lord is great. And because God is great, he's greatly to be praised. So the human response to the presence of God is to praise God. Now, listen, it's not a weird thing to think that you should praise God because when someone does something good, what should you do? You should praise them for it. Right? Like, like if you're raising kids and, and all you want is for your kid to like put their dishes in, in the sink after dinner and they do that, what should you say? Great job! Jesus is real. We are so glad you joined us today as Pastor Daniel shared some of the markers of a life with God at the center. You learn that you talk about what you care about. When God is working in your life, you want to tell people about it. Pastor Daniel reminded you that this doesn't have to be forced or awkward, but can be a natural part of your conversation because God is an integral part of your life. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel Fusco here to tell you about my book, Upward, Inward, and Outward. You've heard me talk about these three directions for living again and again on Jesus Is Real Radio, and I think they're so important. 
I wanted to write a book to explain even more. Upward, Inward, and Outward teaches you the importance of developing a right relationship with God and how that teaches you to love yourself well. From those two healthy relationships can spring a well of love for people around you. And that's what transforms our world. Find out more and get your own copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will talk about what it means to fear the Lord. Continuing through 1 Chronicles 16, you'll learn that there are several different aspects to fearing God. You'll also discover that there is a humble joy in understanding who God is. Pastor Daniel will encourage you to allow God to foster holy awe and wonder in your heart so that you can fully experience the majesty of who He is and what He's done. You've been listening to Jesus Is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series called Presence. Until then, may God bless.